Hello, and welcome to the Divorce Woman's Guide podcast, where we talk about the things us divorcees are thinking, but not always talking about, as we turn our divorce into the best gift you've ever been given. And I do so with a little bit of sass and a whole lot of class. I am your host, Wendy Sterling, founder of The Divorce Rehab. I am here to support you in this transition phase of your life so you can start your new best chapter on your own terms. After all, that's what I did after my own divorce. And now it is my mission to change the conversation around divorce and help you see why your divorce, like mine, was the best gift you ever received. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. How are you doing today? I am here with a very special person, and I am excited to dive into our conversation today. So everybody say hello to Antia Boyd. Hello, Antia. How are you? Hello, Wendy. How are you? I am so great, and I am so honored that you are here on my podcast today to share your wisdom around how it is that women tuning in can date with confidence to magnetize your partner for a long-term and happy relationship. So before we dive in, I would love to share a little bit more about you with our audience so they know how well-qualified you are to be talking about this today. So Antia was born in communist Eastern Germany before the wall came down and was single her entire life. Before she finally hired her own love coach, discovered the magnetize your man method and attracted her amazing, handsome and supportive husband, Brody. She's now been helping thousands of successful women all over the world for over a decade to attract their man to share their life with and have a loving long-term relationship, ASAP, without loneliness, frustration, or rejection. Antia studied personality psychology at UC Berkeley. She's an NLP and dream coaching certified and has spoken on hundreds of stages and radio shows all over the world, including ABC Radio, Google, Harvard University Faculty Club, and Good Morning San Diego. For over a decade, she has studied everything that she can get her hands on in the area of love and psychology to create an amazing, happy relationship with your man the easy way without fear, trust issues, or men pulling away, which is something so many of us fear, especially coming out of marriage and thinking about dating again. Some of us even well into our midlife, if not later. So I'm really looking forward to diving into this and tapping into your wisdom. So I always ask my guests to share a little bit more outside of their bio (laughs) um, about your journey and really what inspired you to do this work today. Yeah. So like, you know, there's like the saying that purpose is where wound and opportunity meet. And my wound actually particularly started because I grew up in an emotionally absent household. And that's why I was talking about communist Eastern Germany, because the consciousness was not so much about emotional attunement, but it was more about like mental discipline, toughness, harshness. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and additionally, my mom was actually um, a narcissist. So I grew up, you know, never hearing the word, I love you, never getting a hug. Um, and I actually learned, you know, it's not, it's not really, you know, safe to reach out 
to get my needs met. As a matter of fact, I remember I was 18 months old and I was trying to crawl to my mom's bed. I mean, think how tall you are when you're 18, 18 months old, like you reach the top of the mattress probably. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was like, I don't know about a nightmare, whatever happened. And she just rolled over and she said, Stör mich nicht, which means don't bother me in uh, German. And this is actually like a really good, um, like message because that's what I internalized, right? It's like, just don't bother me. Don't be a burden. That's the core belief that I internalized from my mom and from my dad. It was like, who do you think you are? Because we're going to talk about confidence today. And when I became confident, my dad would immediately like, who do you think you are? Like, don't, don't get too arrogant. Like, don't get too high on your horse. And so I never trusted myself when I got uh, when I became confident, because I didn't know if, is it arrogance? Uh, should I be more humble and all those things? And so, because I had all the shame and the really distorted relationship to both of those emotions, I actually became misindependent and made sure, well, I just make sure I don't need anyone because that way I solve my problem, mm-hmm. you know, because when I reach out, I just feel shame when I don't get it met. Um, however, when I started dating, the problem was now I was this walking parts conflict. Because on the one hand, I wanted to have the deep, connected, long-term relationship, right? And on the one hand, I wanted to get my needs met. But then on the other hand, I was like saying, oh, I don't need a relationship. I'm good, you know? And um, I'm sure a lot of women can relate to that where they keep themselves safe. And then guess what? You know, we're living in a universe of reflection. So what you send out, that's what you get back. And so I attracted men into my life who were also like conflicted inside of themselves go Mm. figure right it's like rocket science yes and um so how that looked like for them though was they were they were emotionally unavailable right so that would make me promises that in the next the next day they would drop me like a hot potato or they would say oh you know it'd be so great for you to meet my mom and then the next day they would ghost me right so it would be like this constant up and down that caused even more mistrust um, inside of myself and of course low self-confidence feeling rejected feeling abandoned and essentially replaying that childhood movie in my head over and over again and then of course it became a self-fulfilling prophecy so then I always say if you want to have massive results you have to take massive action so I got myself out of Germany because environment trumps willpower so I was like you know what the environment is not conducive I got to do something completely different got myself into UC Berkeley and said you know, what a good old German does is like, let's look at this from an academic perspective. You know what I mean? So how does the relationship that I have with my mom directly translate into the relationship I have with men? Like, how does that even make sense? Because right. I'm not romantically attracted to my mom and the men are not my mom. And so it didn't make sense to me, but I started to learn about attachment styles, about wound psychology, things like that. And before you know it, I had women come to me and they're like, oh, so what's the workshop that you attended and all the things and so before you know it I had a little little support group right because like I said I had the wound so I studied it in day in day out every weekend and then the opportunity was women were just coming to me because they knew I was this well of information due to the next workshop I took you know not because of this incredible wisdom I had right and um yeah but then eventually they started to get married meet their men all the things and uh, but it wasn't happening for me and that's when I realized wait a minute I forgot the piece that uh, that is also part of my magnetizing man method which is the integration so it's not just about the information but actually seeing what's your threshold when it comes to integrating all that information we're going to talk about today and I'm going to 
give you little hints and tools and things like that. Um, and once I broke through that with my own mentor, I met my amazing husband. And he told me the first night we met that I'm the girl of his story and the rest is pretty much history. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love, um, <laughs> we are so similar in you know, wanting to learn all the information and figure out, get the answers. And I have a question about something you just said, and maybe this is part of what we're going to explore today, but what do you mean by you forgot to integrate it? You forgot to integrate what, and how did you do that? And what was the realization around that? That was a missing piece for you. Oh, I think the realization was uh, New Year's 2012 because, so 2011 to 2012. Um, and I think it was because I was already, I had the knowledge and I was exposed to men because I was already speaking on those kind of topics all over California, just mm -hmm. like at Toastmaster meetings and things like that. And, mm -hmm. um, but for some reason, I was still not translating into reality right? And so I realized, wait a minute, it's not about the external opportunities, but it's about the internal integration. So there was something where when I would learn something, I would receive a back talk, right? Like, yeah, right. That's not going to really happen. Or, you know, it's not going to really work for you. Or so just really exploring, like, what is your back talk when you go for a program or even when you just watch and listen to a podcast interview, how long does it stick? And what do you do and what do you encounter when you integrate it, right? So we have like all those self-sabotaging habits right. that come up right. in the dating process, right? Yeah. So that's what I mean. And so I would, I would hit that threshold where I would feel uncomfortable and I'm like, oh, I don't need to go out with this guy again. Or like, I don't think he's my type or, I, you, you know, there would always be something or I would freeze or I would, you know, so there would always be something I would turn into a bitch. So I would hit this like threshold that would lead to sabotage um or disembodiment I would just not even embody the information so I would get it and I could regurgitate it to you right but like when you're like oh so how does that look like in your embodied everyday life I would have not been able to give you an answer because I'd be like what do you mean like I, I'm already vulnerable that's actually the best example I always thought right. I was vulnerable <laughs> yeah right um after I started working um on myself with a specialist, right? Like that's actually when I realized I wasn't vulnerable at all. Yeah. Well, and I think vulnerability is hard for everybody, right? I mean, it's really hard, especially when you've been hurt so deeply, you know, and wounds from our childhood, right? That a lot of us don't necessarily understand that they come out and they manifest. And I know that that was a big part of your process in building back your self-confidence. So let's, let's go there and let's talk a little bit more about, you know, what were the steps that you started taking to really overcome the, uh, the wounds that you experienced throughout your childhood that, the, that were then manifesting in these relationships and the men that you were attracting to yourself. Totally. Yeah. I mean, so as we talked about, you know, I didn't want to be a burden. So then, so one of my shadows, which I tell you in a moment, what shadows are, but like, was like being needy, right? So I would make sure that I come off as the opposite of needy. Now, what's the opposite of neediness is like, oh, self-assured and self-resourced and independent right and so unfortunately that would not exactly attract men into your life that wanted to support you and that when they're masculine and aligned and grounded right that would run the opposite direction they're like oh she's good or 
I don't know, I don't buy it, but there's something about that where I'm like, mm, I'm a little hesitant, you know, I feel like there's something is missing because those men who are really secure, they're connected to their emotions. So right. if you're not connected to your emotions, they can feel that. They can feel that lack of confidence to that. And, you know, it's interesting because my husband worked with men for 10 years and they said, it doesn't even matter how you feel, but when they can sense that you want to hide it. So if you feel insecure, if you feel, you know, um, embarrassed or whatever, they don't even care about that because they actually love that you connect with to that charge of that emotion. Mm-hmm. And they, they really feel that inside of themselves. But if they feel like that, you feel uncomfortable feeling that, like if you're starting to hide it, right? So, um, so that's what I would do if I start to hide my neediness. That's when things would go south, you know, because the, the wrong, the right man would run and the wrong man would be like, oh, this is perfect because I don't want to feel needed. I don't, I don't want to meet any of your needs, right? So those are like the emotionally unavailable men. So I had to do the work. The first step is stop hiding, you know, stop hiding um, anything that you're afraid to be found out about. So it could be being arrogant. If, if you were trained, like you're just arrogant or you're just selfish or you're too needy, you're too much, you're too loud, you're too intense, any of that, right? So stop, first of all, hiding. And then the second step is to actually create a positive relationship to it. Because you have a very negative relationship to selfishness, let's say, right? Like maybe your parents were belittling you for being selfish um, or you were constantly, you know, I don't know, punished for it um, and so on. So it's like this negative relationship to being selfish and self-rotating. And so you have to actually see, okay, we're talking about confidence today that is actually about like being able to be self-focused, being able to be self-resourced versus being other-focused, right? And so when you're able to do that, you'll actually can even turn men around. So I had a story where this guy was telling me I was too affectionate, I think he told me, in 2010. And because I had done the work and I stopped hiding and I started to build a positive relationship to the emotion that I judged, by the way, it can be anything, could be anger, right. could be rage, could be, oh my gosh, like, so anger, for example, is either like, I don't want to be like my dad or my mom. So maybe they were raging alcoholics or whatever. Or it could also be that you say, you know, I'm more human, right? Like I'm more controlled. I would never just get off like that. Like I lose all the respect for people like that. Okay, great. Now you get to build a positive relationship to that, right? That's a great thing. Right. So anyway, so this guy was telling me that uh, I'm too affectionate. And I just said, yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's like, you're telling me I'm blonde. I mean, there's nothing else for me to say, I guess. Thank you. And right. because, I was going to say, you know, say thank you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah like, totally. You know, but like, so instead of justifying, which what we normally do, right? It's like, Oh yeah, no. Or defending, right? Defending, right? Or denying is another mm-hmm. one, right? It's like, oh, just what? Just kidding. No, I don't actually need that much. Or attack. Well, take it or leave it. Pfft. Who do you think you are? You know, get out of town. Get out of here. Um, those are the shame shields, right? Like I actually just said, yeah, I, that's that's me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so because that was coming from alignment. So my reality was coming from alignment. It actually broke his reality because his reality 
if you think about it, his comment that I too affectionate actually came from a place of misalignment because there was a fear of intimacy. Mm. Right. He's like, oh, we're getting a little too close. Let me let me throw a little something in the wrench, make a little mm. comment. Well, to keep you at arm's distance, right? Because right. of their fear, right? It's a projection of what's going on inside of them. It has nothing to do with you. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. So that's why he actually really did it. And so when I came from my alignment, um, because this is actually who I really am, you know what I mean? Then he went into his shame shield into denial, mm. right? And he said like, oh, I'm just kidding. No, I love it. It's great. And then he pursued me and called me every day and left me voice messages and all the things. So that's the thing, right? Because men will test you unconsciously, especially the ones that are afraid of intimacy. And then can you, what I call advocate for yourself, right? So in law, right? In the, in the court of love, so to say, we're always making a case why we can't trust the men, right? Or, you know, why we got hurt and all men are like this. Or see, that's why, you know, uh, that's why you can't go on an, another date with this guy or, right? So we bring all the examples to make a case, but why not make a case about why all the attributes that you have inside of yourself are actually like incredible and are highly right. magnetic and are actually bringing in the right man and yeah. having you become like a lighthouse so I we can that. find you in the middle of the night. Yeah, I love that. And that's one of the things that I teach my clients is really, you get to love everything about yourself. You get to love and embrace your flaws because it makes you a part of who you are. And we all have flaws. It's part of being human. And we spend most of our time focusing on that instead of focusing on all of the positives and all of the beautiful things that we bring into this world. And unfortunately, it's been those childhood and past experiences that have you know, kind of shown the light on the flaws, but I love your reference to, you know, really allowing yourself to be this beacon of light for what it, your gifts, right. For what makes you so beautiful and so special and radiant. Mm, yeah, for sure. And the other piece also, as we just talked about the yeah. whole shining is that if you are a daughter of a narcissist, right. Like for you, it's actually not safe to shine. Right. right, Because when the light, the attention was on you, that could actually lead to high levels of envy, uh, usually from the mom, mm -hmm. uh, definitely from the mom, it's even more intense, but from the dad too. And so if the attention was not on the parent, right, it was actually not feel safe. So when we're talking about shining that light and being bright and being aligned, I can feel that some nervous systems are starting to contract right now and saying like, oh, that's not safe. That's, mm -hmm. that's going to attract the wrong people that's like going to, that's gonna, somebody's going to invade my space. When I do that, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be visible. Right. So, so we got to heal that piece first to make sure that you feel safe to be seen right. by the right man. Right. And so talk a little bit more about that. I mean, how does somebody take the first step to feel that safety? Because, you know, for example, you, I mean, you learned at a very young age, you know, the fear of abandonment or that, you know, you, you know, you were a bother. Um, and this might have to do a little bit with the shadow work. Can you talk a little bit more specifically about how you went about really overcoming decades of beliefs to create new ones for yourself? Yeah, totally. I mean, 
obviously it can't be all done in like five minutes, right? Because it's why not? You don't have to. You don't have <laughs> Where's to spend your magic day. wand? <laughs> yeah, totally, right? Right. I would say one part is like you have to be obsessed, right? You have to be obsessed wanting to do something different. Um, I remember in 2009, I had this experience where I met this guy online which I'm sure we all relate to. And I projected enough things onto him that I didn't know if they're true or not, that I thought he was the one and he lived in Chicago and I lived in LA and all the things. And so at some point, because I became of course more and more anxious, like he, his uh, communication went, uh, became less and less and less, right? He started to withdraw. And so I started to almost fall into like a depression Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny how we're really attaching to someone that we don't even know, yeah. we, that we haven't even met. You know, I meet sometimes women who are like, oh, yeah, I'm in this relationship with this guy. Have you guys actually met? No, no, no. Like he lives in, you know, whatever, another country and all the things. I'm like, this is crazy. So anyways, I did it. But what I realized was I had to get out of this depression. And how I got out of it was realizing I don't trust. Mm. I don't trust. I don't trust myself. I don't trust God. I certainly don't trust men. And so what I did, and when I talk about obsession, right, I wrote 134 times on a piece of paper. I wish I would have it with me have it somewhere here in my house. Um, I still have my journal entry. 134 times I trust. And then I took big pieces of paper and wrote on it, I trust and put on my wall. So what I'm saying here is you have to really want this. You want to like, like I wrote it down. I made it my environment. I'm like, I need to read it every time when I'm in my room, I need to read it. Right. Because something is not like, I really, it just really hit me. I'm like, something is not, it's not, it's not realizing it's not actualizing. Right. Right. Like I don't know that I trust. And so, but I had fallen so far that I'm like, I'm never going to feel like this again, especially not with someone I've never even met. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So would it be fair to say that you wrote it the number of times it took until you believed it? And then you kept like, I'm really big on putting post-it notes, like in your bathroom, (laughs) like anywhere you spend time, like if it's affirmations or if it's, I am statements, um, is that what you're meaning? Yeah, I I would say so. Cause I didn't say I'm going to write 134 times. I just ended up counting at some point and I'm like, holy moly, I wrote this 134 times. And it's really sort of like you get into this zone. You're almost like connect with God. You're like done. You're like the, the space where you are right now is more painful than the unknown, whatever that's going to look like, right? So you got to be at this point where you are so hungry that you don't care anymore if you're right, which brings me to my second point. You have to be willing to be wrong because your unconscious is going to say, well, the next guy I'm going to attract it's also going to disappoint me or the next guy I'm going to attract. He's also going to be an unavailable. The next guy I'm attract is also a narcissist. Well, great. Yeah. So if you want to be right, and that's what you're going to attract, but then you can't be surprised. And then you can also not say yes, if you're being proven wrong. Right. So are you willing to let go a little bit of that control when you meet a man who you are actually surprised by, or do you find something wrong with him so you can push him out of your life well it's the fear right you want to find something wrong because you're afraid of intimacy you're afraid of getting hurt again whatever you know insert whatever right well and it doesn't feel safe if it's not familiar right because you're like 
who am I in this dynamic? I don't even know how to behave. I don't even know what right. to say. I don't even know. And then the other piece also is when you talk about the capacity to receive, right? It's like when you meet a man who actually is secure and grounded in the masculine and just love is normal for him. It's not like this big deal. Right. It's not like I told you I love you and now I'm just going to go overboard. But rather, my husband just said, you know, you're the girl of my story, but he just continued living his life. And he asked me out twice a week, just very grounded. And my nervous system, it was so hard for me because I didn't know how to receive that because I was just used to chasing and I was used to the unknown. I was used to breadcrumbs. So when out of the sudden, this consistent uh, nourishing food, so to say, for my soul, for my heart came towards me, like I, I had to, I pushed it away short term because I really didn't feel safe to receive. Right. So powerful. Um, you know, I feel like we self-sabotage so often and we do so subconsciously. Um, and what I'm hearing you say is really, you're bringing people back to consciousness in this process. And it's really about seeing your worth to really step into knowing that you get to find happiness and joy. And, you know, it, I think it leads us back to how it is that once you are projecting that worth out into the world, that is when you receive somebody who also sees it. And it's not that you require the reflection. It's that you're happy that they see the same reflection that you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a good way of saying it too. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, and you're, you're, you're accepted, right? So you accept that you accept yourself because when right. a man truly loves you, like he accepts you, but your biggest challenge will actually be like accepting yourself because only right. then can you believe him. Right. Otherwise you're going to think, oh, it's a sweet talker. It's a schmoozer. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure there's something, it's some strings attached to that. That's why he's making me this compliment. Yeah. Um, where you even get offended. I have women in my program that send me screenshots. How offensive? Really? I thought it was a compliment. But like, it depends on what lenses you see the compliment from, right? Right. What's the unconscious expectation that you have attached to it? What's right. going to happen after that compliment? Right. So let me ask you a question that's coming up for me. I mean, what is, what is like a warning sign that you can share with somebody who's listening or somebody who might be dating someone where like in the back of their head, they're kind of questioning things. Like what are some warning signs that people should keep an eye out for to know whether or not the man or the woman that they are currently dating or attracting is the right person or not? I mean, there's so many, right? Like I, one thing is for sure, do actions match words? This is like such a classical, but I, I want to say it over and over again, because I get those text messages all the time from women and saying, see, but he said this and we had such a great time. And oh, and then how did he act? Did right. he, has he asked you out again? No, but it's just because his son is going to college, which brings me like to another thing. Are they always finding like some sort of excuse, right? Like, you know, the, they need to wash the cat's hair, you know, or the hamster's right. hair. Uh, you know, they have some child that still needs to one year, they need to sell the house with the ex, especially because we're talking about um, love after divorce, right? So all kinds of things that like have to finalize first before he can fully commit in all the things. And on the other hand, I've seen men 
who just still jump in and still commit and still make you a priority. I have a client right now and this guy's like, yeah, my ex wanted to do this because it was uh, the holidays with the kids and all the things. And I said, no, I'm going to spend this time with you. Like meaning like his girlfriend, right? Like the woman who's my program. Um, and I'm going to do something with them afterwards. So there's like, it's really making sure are you a priority? I mean, I get that sometimes something happens, especially if you're high stress, work schedules, things like that. But if you see that there's sort of like this consistency mm-hmm. and you seem to be the one who's always pulling the strings, right? Or always has to initiate that certainly um, another component too. Another one is if you get to know their friends, do they know about you? Do you even get to know their friends? But you know what I mean? Like, are you actually introduced to their social circles? Because if that's also not something, if you're the best kept secret in town, I would wonder why, right? Why because are they not sharing you with everybody? Exactly. Do they have someone else so that someone else can find out about you? Or like, is, is he a player? And maybe one or two of his friends will actually tell you that. We had those situations too, mm-hmm. where women actually were told like, hey, I would let this one go, you know, because they felt like such a compassion towards the woman, right? Um, and so that's like really a big piece or how committed is he, you know, maybe he doesn't want to get into any arguments with his friends because they're like, what are you doing? Like, this is a great woman. Why are you right. leading her on? Right. Things like that. So that's also like a really good uh, pointer. Another one is, of course, always famous is the weekend. Do you get the weekend date or do you get the, you know, Friday morning, you know, the Thursday night, happy hour, whatever. But for some reason, the weekends, the prime time always seem to be occupied for it. So there's like some, some of those red flags that, that are pretty reliable, mm-hmm. especially if they happen on a regular basis. Yeah. That girlfriend, I, I hate to tell you, but I would, I would look into a different direction. Shine your flashlight um, onto the next man because this one is not giving you the attention that you truly desire. Yeah, and, I, and I'm so glad you said those because I've even heard clients justify you know, behaviors that they're, the person that they're in a relationship with or dating is, you know, making excuses for, you know, why they're not free during this time. So everybody listening, start, you know, and I always say, you get to ask questions, you get to be curious, like this is your, this is your life and you've got to take the wheel. So um, as we wrap our conversation, what, what, what is one last piece of advice that you would give our listeners today around really magnetizing the partner that they want to create the joy and the happiness that they so badly want from a partner? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's like really like leading into what I call the queen tensity. So we have this part inside of us that we call intense, whatever that is that we think is like going to be too much for the man and actually dial it up, you know? So like, it's almost like make it too much party with your girlfriends where you all put on too much makeup or too, too much glitter <laughs> or too much, too loud of a music or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Too drunk. I don't know. Um, just something too much like so create something with your girlfriends where you kind of support each other so you want to create a little bit of a um, support circle with that and then cheers to each other right like just really cheer each other on being too much versus like 
you know, when we're too much, we're like looking around, we're like, how did, how they're reacting? Do they think it's weird too? And it's really funny because the men, and I hear this over and over again, my husband told me that too. He said, you know, normally that would annoy me, but with you, it doesn't. Mm. It's like, I love it. It's like, almost like there's no life in the house. If, it, if you're not who you are. Yeah. Right. So that's like something that, that I really highly recommend. And the other thing is really be your own best friend, because I'm telling you, if, you know, all the examples that we just brought, the red flags, if your girlfriend would tell you about that, you would say girlfriend, just, you know, let's, let's go out on Saturday and find someone else. But then when it happens with you, out of the sudden, you forget to be your own best friend. Yeah. And you're, you know, you give the band the benefit of the doubt. And so that's something to keep in mind, make yourself a, a note on your phone, right? You can put a, yourself like an alarm on, doesn't even have to be, have a sound that just says like, be your own best friend or something like that. Focus on yourself so that you actually walk and you're like, wait a minute, no, this, this is not adding up here. Yeah. Such great advice. So, so many great nuggets today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with my audience today. And I know that you also have a free gift that you would like to offer the audience as well. And then also share how people can find you. Yeah, totally. So for the women who are like, gosh, I'm really stuck in a rut and I'd love to learn more how to get out of it. And what was that again with the shame shields and all the things I invite you to take my free magnetize your man quiz actually for two reasons for one, actually knowing exactly where you are, but I also have some free juicy gifts at the end as well that you get to keep um, after you take the quiz. So that is at M Y M quiz.com M Y M quiz.com. And other than that, you can find me on YouTube, Magnetize Your Man. You'll find me, of course, my own podcast, Magnetize Your Man. I mean, just basically any outlet, just type in Magnetize Your Man and um, I'll be right there. And of course, magnetizeyourman.com, surprise. That is the website if you want to learn more about all of those channels. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today and being my guest. It's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Oh, I enjoyed it very much as well. Thank you so much. Of course. And everybody tuning in. Wow. What a great interview, right? I learned a lot of really great nuggets and some tips that I hadn't heard before. So as you know, with every single one of my podcast episodes, I strive to make sure that you guys are gaining one nugget of information to help get you one step closer to creating and living the life that you so badly desire. So thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to hit subscribe to my podcast so that you guys don't miss a single episode that comes out every single week. Sending you all so much love, light, and joy as always. Mwah. Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorced Woman's Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with someone you know or spread the word on social media. This is how I reach more divorcees around the world and provide them with the support they need to create their next best life. And I would also love to continue the conversation with you. So please friend me on Facebook, join my private Facebook group, The Divorce Rehab, and follow me on Instagram at Divorce Rehab with Wendy. I'll see you next time.